good morning and welcome to all of you this morning. It's very damp outside, but David McLeod has assured me that the sun will be shining by 11 o'clock. So <laughs> let's hope that David's got the correct information. You all know by now about the availability of the service afterwards on the phone line and on the podcasting channels. It's still really important that you keep MIMA informed whether you're going to be coming to church on a Sunday or not, because it's great to see so many people. We do still have a limit. We've not reached it yet, but we do still have limits. So please let MIMA know if you're coming or indeed if you've told her that you're coming and then your plans change. And the same applies for the Thursday service, Thursday at 1030 the prayer group is meeting today at the close of the service through in the small hall. The craft team is meeting on Tuesday afternoons between 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock. And the care and share lunch is still running on a Friday from 12, 12.30 through to 2 o'clock. And you might have noticed, I'm sure you've noticed, there's some lovely flowers um, here today. And it's lovely to see the flowers back again. We're going to have flowers on a weekly basis now and Chrissy will be attending to letting people know about the rota and so on. Okay, These are all the intimations. Thank you. Thank you, Vivian. Good morning to you all. Uh, I must say one of the signs to show that you are so committed to God is when you, you show up on a day like this. Uh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> And for those who are at home, also proud of you that you are able to join us at such, at such, a, such a time, especially in this weather, because preferably, I think most of us would want to just keep inside and keep to ourselves. But joining either online or in person is the most uh, precious gift that you can give to God. Friends, as we are called to worship today, it is sobering to remember that when God appeared on earth in the person of Jesus Christ, not many people were able to recognize him as God, let alone as the Son of God. So few people were able to worship him. So today we ask for faith that will open our eyes to see who Jesus is even in 2022, that we might be able to worship him in truth. People of God, behold and see your God. We open our eyes to see his glory. We open our ears to hear his wisdom. We open our hands to offer him gifts. We open our mouths to sing his praise. We open our hearts to offer him love. Indeed, he is God. He is our Lord. Let us join in with our lovely voices. I know some of you have not sang in a long time. Um, please stand as we sing together, Lord, for the years.
please be seated. Now invite Vivian to lead us in prayer. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you that you make all things new. Thank you for all that you've allowed into our lives this past year, the good along with the hard things, which have reminded us how much we need you and rely on your presence filling us every single day. We pray for your spirit to lead us each step of this new year. We ask that you will guide our decisions and turn our hearts to deeply desire you above all else. We ask that you will open doors needing to be opened and close the ones needing to be shut tight. We ask that you would help us release our grip on the things to which you've said no, not yet, or wait. We ask for help to pursue you first above every dream and desire you've put within our hearts. We ask for your wisdom, for your strength and power to be constantly present within us. We pray you would make us strong and courageous for the road ahead. Give us ability beyond what we feel able. Let your gifts flow freely through us so that you would be honoured by our lives and others would be drawn to you. We pray that you'd keep us far from the snares and traps of temptations, that you would whisper in our ear when we need to run and whisper in our heart when we need to stand our ground. We pray for your protection over our families and friends. We ask for your hand to cover us and keep us distanced from the evil intent of the enemy, that you would be a barrier surrounding us, that we'd be safe in your hands. We pray that you would give us discernment and insight beyond our years to understand your will, hear your voice, and know your ways. And now we join together in the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Thank you, uh, Vivian. I'm going to tell you a story about what happened during the Christmas time. Um, so my son, uh, my two sons, they have a piggy bag. Um, they put coins in there, and of course, uh, some of you are so gracious to give them some gifts of money as well, and they put that in. Um, so end of the year, we help them to open, so they opened, and so Dee had the responsibility for himself to buy things. So he, being very intelligent as he is, uh, he had seen things and he had seen some things online. And, and so he decided to buy something. 
uh, online, and it was on eBay. So he went, bought, bought the, the item, it came, and Xavier and I received it when he was at school. And we all looked at it and we said, is this worth it? <laughs> and Xavier looked at me and he said, is this worth it? And I said, ah, oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> um, so the <clears throat> temptation was for us to open it before D came. But we decided, we told, we told each other, no, no, let's not open, it's not, it's not ours. So D came, he opened, um, it was in an envelope, in a brown envelope, and he opened it. And then he opened another seal, and he was like, is this worth it? <laughs> um, so the, then he, uh, he expressed, he's very good at expressing how he feels. He felt he was cheated. And he spoke to mom and he said, mom, we need to write to this person. We need to return this and, and so forth. Uh, but the point is, he was not happy with what he had invested money on because he felt that the amount of money that he had paid for this particular gift was not worthy what he received. Now the question to each and every one of us this morning is, is it worth it to worship God? And I know it's easy for all of you to say, yes, it is, and you're nodding. Uh, but in a true sense, is it worth it? Is it worth it to come to worship on such a, a, a beautiful day when the weather is so good? Is it worth it? One of the questions that we will be dealing with is, is your, is your life worth it in God's eyes? And of course, the immediate answer is God cares about us. But is this Christian walk that you are living today worth it? Uh, one thing for sure to our children uh, Ethan and his brother and Dee and Dylan uh, worshipping God, following Jesus is worth it. But we will see even as we read the Bible today, uh, one of the things that Paul did was to write a letter. You know, these days you phone call people rather than writing letters, some of you. Uh, but I still prefer letters in case um, you have not heard this before. I, I, I really love reading letters from people. And I also love writing letters. I'll start that in 2022. But you write a letter to someone who is important to you as a way to tell that person what's going on, to share some news with that person. And, G and Paul wrote a letter to the church which we're going to read uh, later on. But our, my prayer is God will help us to live our lives so well that people around us would say, following Jesus is worth it. Following Jesus is worth it. Let us pray. Lord, we pray that as you have called each and every one of us, we'll remember that we are worth it and you expect each and every one of us to live in a way 
that others would say, yes, it's worth it. We pray that you'll be with us, be with our children, as they observe through learning and seeing how we live, that they would also come to a place in their lives where they say, following Christ is worth it. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So our children are going to, to live towards the end of, of this hymn, Tis Winter Now, The Fallen Snow. Let us stand and sing together. seated. I must say you are singing so well. Um, the, only, the, only, the only missing part is the dancing part. Or, you know, we, we need to dance for the Lord. Maybe, uh, you know, Stuart, they, they may be saying it's too slow maybe or something like that. We'll do something about that. But you are doing so well in singing well. Our scripture reading this morning is taken from Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to be reading from verse 1 through to 14. Uh, Pam Martin is going to read for us. We prepare hearts as we prepare to hear God's word read to us and preached to us. Let us pray. 
Lord, we pray that you open our eyes to see and our ears to hear. May we hear the message from your word read and preached to us. Father God, help us not only to tremble before you, but help us to do what your word instructs us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, reading from verse 1. From Paul, who by God's will is an apostle of Christ Jesus, and from our brother Timothy, to God's people in Colossae, who are our faithful brothers in union with Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. Prayer of Thanksgiving. We always give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all God's people. When the true message, the good news, first came to you, you heard about the hope it offers. So your faith and love are based on what you hope for, which is kept safe for you in heaven. The gospel keeps bringing blessings and is spreading throughout the world, just as it has among you ever since the first day you heard about the grace of God and came to know it as it really is. You learnt of God's grace from Epiphas, our dear fellow servant, who is Christ's faithful worker on our behalf. He has told us of the love that the Spirit has given you. For this reason, we have always prayed for you, ever since we heard about you. We ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will, with all the wisdom and understanding that his Spirit gives. Then you will be able to live as the Lord wants and will always do what pleases him. Your lives will produce all kinds of good deeds and you may grow in your knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength which comes from his glorious power so that you may be able to endure everything with patience. And with joy give thanks to the Father who has made you fit to have your share of what God has reserved for you, his people, in the kingdom of light. He rescued us from the power of darkness and brought us safe into the kingdom of his dear Son, by whom we are set free, that is, our sins are forgiven. Amen. And may God add his blessing to this reading of his holy word. Thank you, Pam. The next hymn that we're going to, to, to sing together, um, I'm proud to say it is originally from Zimbabwe. Uh, and, and I think in the next future, I will teach you more verses so that we can, we can sing it um, the way we sing it in Zimbabwe. Uh, but for today, we're going to repeat that verse one uh, twice, or even thrice, if, it's, if the music is, is dancing well for us. Uh, if you believe and I believe, and we together pray.
Ah, come on, you can say hallelujah. Is, isn't that a beautiful song? The few bits would be going something like, if you believe and I believe, we could all pray and maybe set Scotland free. Um, and that is another way of singing it. We would say Zimbabwe free, but hopefully Scotland need to be free as well. <laughs> One of the most difficult things I have to do as a minister is to meet with a family that has lost a loved one. I must say, it's one of the toughest things to do because you meet with a family who have lost their loved one and we speak about many different things and sometimes the visit can be three times or four times but in this COVID time it has been tough because of the restrictions we don't necessarily meet in person sometimes. But when we do meet, uh, and the one time during the COVID we meet, we speak about hymns that we will use on the particular day when we're celebrating the life. We talk about the readings, the appropriate readings, appropriate music that we will play. But the most difficult question or the most difficult part to deal with is when I look to the family and, and whether I've known this person for a long time or not, whether this person was a young child of 12 days or two days or someone who, is in, who was in their 90s, we talk about how we want to remember that person. And we try together with the family to craft a tribute. And within the tribute, I ask this question. What are the ways that you will remember him or her? What are the things that you want to say about him if you were describing him or her to a stranger? What are the words that come to mind when you think about this person that is passed on. And in a few words, whether for an infant or for an adult, people craft together words to try and describe or sum up that person's life. In that, you will hear things like, what were the hopes and fears, the dreams and nightmares what achievements and failures did this person achieve? And we all try to give some evidence in words that help us to sum up that person's life. But the bigger question should be, was the life lived overflowing to the full or was that life half lived? And this is something tough to deal with. In other words, was that life a life lived that people around or anyone who hears that tribute would say, wow, that was a worthwhile life or that was a worthy life. So that's what we deal with today. Paul from a prison in Ephesus sometime in the early 50s AD was writing to a new church 
that had been founded in a town called Colossae, which was in southeast of Asia Minor, what we call today modern-day Turkey. He had never been there before, but he had met and had a relationship with a man called Epaphras, who was raised in that city, but was raised to be an evangelist and was helping this church to grow. Now you need to bear in mind these facts about the city itself. The city of Colossae was small, but like any other city under the Roman Empire, it had its fair mix of different religions. There were Greek gods in that time, in that city. There were Roman gods, and there were mysterious cults as well surrounding that city. But besides that, there were also a committed group of people, Christians, who were in that particular city. And as you may know by now, Paul made it his business to care about Christians and their well-beings. And at this particular time, even though he's not necessarily addressing a particular problem, but he's writing in a very strategic way, and he's writing in a very strategic way to people that are keen and that are eager about things of God. Now, realizing that Christians are in the world but not of the world, he wanted to help them, to give them few words of encouragement and guidance so that they would continue to live a life that is worthy of their calling. Now, remember, these were the people who had been attracted by the good news of Jesus. It had been just over 20 years after the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And here was an emerging church in which Paul would, could see the signs of God's grace at work among them. He could see how they were caring for each other and how they were a loving community. We must not forget that this church was still finding their way. And Paul, as an apostle, wanted to do what he would do or, or what he could do as a Christian who had had an encounter with Jesus. And his aim in writing this letter is to say to them, you need to grow up and you need to continue to grow because Christian maturity is important. And for that to happen, Paul in this letter makes it clear that Jesus Christ has to be the center, center of everything for them. He says to, to them, in essence, throughout the letter, he's saying to them, your belief, the example of how you follow Christ is key, but Christ is at the center. And in general, Paul is saying, practicing Christians lead a life that others would look at and admire and want to be like. And in order to drive home the points of Paul, I want to address three questions in this particular sermon today. The first is, in what ways do we express our faith and love for Christ? In what ways? What is the evidence within our walk with Christ that shows that indeed we have Christ, we have faith, and we have got the love of Jesus Christ? Secondly, 
How should our lives reveal our walk with Christ? I mean, I am I'm a typical emotional person. I, I know some of you are. But one of the things that makes me so emotional and it gets to the deepest part of my heart is this. When there is a sense in which between Christianity and other religions, people seem to think that they are the same. Oh, it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy because they're not the same. If we read the Bible very well, we understand this. We are saved through Christ alone. And that's a, a reality, that's a truth that is tough to deal with. And so how do, you, how do you relate with your friends who are from other religions? Because your religion tells them and tells you that theirs is not. And I think one of the things that in the United Kingdom, in Europe in general, oh, that's something that people would say, no, we don't talk about that. So that's the second question. The third is, what does it mean to have Christ as our Savior? And I know I, 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 I haven't got enough time to deal with all these questions, but I invite you to go back and read as you deal with some of these questions. Now let me say this as an opening statement. Believing in Christ Jesus or being part of the church is not an abstract, abstract theory. It's not just a theoretical thing, it's something practical. Is your faith practical? Is it practical that other people are able to see, hear, observe, and identify with you? Faith is undoubtedly personal, yes, I know that. Because so many times people will say, come on, when it comes to faith, it's a personal thing. But it leads us beyond me to us. That's what our Christianity demands. Our faith affects our private and our public life. That's a fact. If your life is not affecting public life, oh yes, you need to go back on your knees to pray. Because that's what, what happens. In fact, faith in Jesus is an encouragement to lead lives that are worthy. That people would say, there's something about this man. He doesn't say a lot. He doesn't do a lot. But there's something about him. And I want to find out, how come we all have deaths? We have got the same houses. But there's something different about this woman. That is something that is worthy. Now, according to Epaphras, the man who was the, the leader of this church in Colossae, the, the church was spirit-led, which Paul testifies to in verses 3 and 4, and he says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith. Paul and Timothy have heard of their faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. Now, that's very important for all God's people, not just for Christians, but for all God's people. So much that the church in Colossae were making an influence among people who had other gods they were worshipping. I think that's very key and important. 
So we observe something powerful here. Paul is saying this about love. He says this love the church in Colossae displays is public, is a public fruit of the Spirit. We have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which we have had for all the saints. The Colossians had a reputation for their faith and love. Therefore, I conclude that their faith and love had become public. They were fulfilled by the word of, Lord, of the Lord. In verse 16 of Matthew, we hear this. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. That's what the church in Colossae were doing. Love is not merely a private and a secret affair. It always involves other people and so it becomes public. It is a public fruit. That's one thing that we observe in this letter. The second observation about love is that it is the fruit of hope. It is the overflow of the fountain of hope. In other words, you cannot have that overflow unless it's given to you. And listen to what Paul says again. We have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have, you have for all the saints. Why? Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Let me unpack a bit. What Paul is saying is this. There's something that drives you. There's something that drives your actions, your love for other people. And what it is, is the treasure in heaven. And the treasure in heaven drives you to a place where you can't do it just for yourself, but you do it for others. The connection between four and five shows that hope is the cause of love for the church in Colossians. They have love for all the saints because of the hope laid for them in heaven. So where you actually get to say the hope we have in God laid for us in heaven drives us to love like never before. In verse 6 we read, in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as it has been doing among you, among you since the day you heard and truly understood God's grace. So there's an effect here. They've heard and they've kept hearing and hearing and as they hear more and more, they're driven to do something. Now the question to self is, since we've received the gospel, is it bearing fruit? In other words, are our lives worth of the gospel we have received? Is the gospel producing endurance that is needed in the world, that is needed in 2022 when people are losing hope and we say we are loved by God and it's worthy for me to pray more, it's worthy for me to go without food and fast because I know my Redeemer lives. Is the gospel giving you and I enough patience for those who don't trust in God? We need these traits of love in the COVID times and some hard times. The gospel will give birth to endurance. It will give birth to steady faith, unwavering faith, the ability to be joyous, to celebrate and be glad even in the midst of the most 
terrible circumstances. Why? Because when the love of Christ dwells in us richly, it gives fruit. It gives something that people would say, like what made, you, you, you remember what made the burning bush attractive to Moses? It was not the fact that it was burning, no. It was the fact that it was burning, but not consuming, not consumed. In verse 7 and 8 we read, You learned of God's grace from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is Christ's faithful worker on our behalf. He has told us of the love that the Spirit has given you. The love that the Spirit has given you. The Spirit that we were singing about, that the Holy Spirit will come down. It gives something. What do you have? that has been given by the Spirit? Is your love something that has been given by the Spirit? So the love that the Colossians have for Paul and for all the saints is not a love that is natural to the human heart. It happens in the Spirit. It is, as Galatians 5.22 says, a fruit of the Spirit. Now, how should our lives reveal our walk with Christ? Listen to the word of God. Listen to the word of God. There's nowhere else where you will get the strength to live the way I'm talking about without listening to the word of God. When I say listening to the word of God, I'm not talking of only listening to sermons. Read the word of God. Especially the promises that you find, the warnings that you find. Verse 5 says that we learn about hope in the word of truth, the gospel, day in and day out, we must direct our attention to the word and our minds will be crafted as such. It is the spirit that makes the difference between whether the gospel will create hope in us or create hopelessness. The gospel does not create hopelessness. What we hear from the world creates hopelessness. Listening to the news is good, but it can create hopelessness. So watch out how much you watch TV. Paul described the way the gospel came to the Thessalonians like this. Our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. Do you have the conviction of the Lord? The third thing the text directs us to, to do if we want to produce the fruit of love is to set our hearts on the hope laid up for us in heaven. Colossians 3 verse 1 to 2 says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above not on things that are on earth. And that's important for us to do. Let me conclude. The Apostle Paul challenges the young church in Colossians to lead lives worth of the Lord, pleasing to God, bearing fruit in the words and actions so that they themselves symbolize to the world what it means to be in Christ. When that happens, we will be more patient as people of God. 
when that happens we'll be more kind we'll be less jealousy and boastful and arrogant and rude we will not seek our own advancement but we will strive for that which the lord has placed on our hearts we will be inclined to bear all things and endure all things for the sake of our neighbor and for the sake of those around us so we read as i conclude he rescued us from the power of darkness and brought us safe into the kingdom of his dear son jesus christ by whom we are set free that is our sins are forgiven in case you forget many things that i say may you remember this and i'm going to read this verse 13 and 14 13 and 14 again he rescued us from the power of darkness and brought us safe into the kingdom of his dear son by whom we are set free that is our sins are forgiven may you walk like someone who has been forgiven and walk like someone who knows that his god is big in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen let us pray Lord of all, as we bring you our offering today, we do not just bring you our money. We bring you ourselves. We bring you our fellowship. We bring our church everywhere, praying that you will use all we say. Father God, may you bless these blessings of money, the talents that we give each and every day. For some, they give to the world. For some, they give to this church. For some, they give in kind and in cash and in many different ways. May you help us to continuously receive from you, but also to give. God of love, in whose presence we find what is to be loved and to be loved. We thank you for the expression of love that we have witnessed in our own lives, among family, among friends, neighbors, and colleagues. For every time when we have known what it is to be accepted for who we are, not for someone else's expectations about us, we give thanks for that. For every time when we have known what it is to be forgiven, when we have done everything wrong something that has hurt others we give thanks and ask that lord you help us and continuously remind us that we are forgiven for every time when we have known what it is to be included and our fears of rejection proved unfounded we give thanks and while we give thanks we also know that for each of us giving thanks there will be someone whose experience is very different we pray for those for whom a sense of being loved is a distant dream, devastated by abuse, spoiled by neglect, corrupted by indifference, and lament with them and harshness of the world around us. We pray that God, you help us to stand firm in this hardened, harsh conditions that we experience today. Lord, you are still a healer you're still powerful and i pray for anyone listening anyone here not so well physically 
mentally and otherwise. I pray that Lord your Holy Spirit would penetrate through to that part which is not well and heal in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord we declare we are the righteousness of God through Christ and we pray that Lord you empower us and make your face to shine upon us. Be gracious to each and every one of us. Give us the strength lord to live in this world but not to be of this world all these things we pray for and ask in jesus name amen our closing hymn is 543 longing for light we wait in darkness
people of God, hear now these words of blessing. May the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who came with grace and truth, also fill your hearts with grace and truth. As you serve him in the days ahead, may the joy of the Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be your strength. The blessing of God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all evermore. Amen. Thank you.